Sports Podcast. We are your hosts. This is Nicole, and this week I am joined once again by Armani. What's up, guys? And Dexter. What's going on, y'all? On this and another episode of Paint Sundays Black, because that's what we're calling these now. This week's episode of Lovecraft Country is episode six, Meet Me in Daegu. Last week, I had said that I thought that this week was going to be a bunch of crap because based on the preview, we saw it was going to be a very heavy episode about Atticus's ex-girlfriend. Yes. And we all know how I feel about Atticus. However, it was a good episode. We it's, It takes the entire episode is shot in South Korea. What is her name? It's actually shot in South Korea. I don't know. I'm just saying no. it was about like. Oh, it's in place. In yeah. It. Okay. I it was set. It was set there. Yeah. Uh, it's Jamie Chung. What's her name on the show? Do we know what her name is on the show? Oh, yes. I, that you would know, be- I know. I I was just looking at her name. However, it doesn't stick in my head because it's not the easiest name to remember. Got it. We see that this is during the war in Korea and she's a nurse and we see that, you know, she's kind of awkward and making friends or trying to fit in, she's trying to find the husband, which is pr- pretty prevalent, or no, okay, you assume she's trying to find a husband. Because when her mom told her you need to bring home a man, you assume she was talking about you need to find a husband. Because that's what you see a lot of in Asian-inspired movies, things like that. Find a man. Find a husband. So, she tells you you need to bring home a man tonight. I was like, okay, that's... Yeah, I thought she just did that on command, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's at work, and some of the ladies from work decide to go out now, off the gate, out the gate. She's being hit on. By this, it's very clear she's being hit on by this one young lady. So it's just like, okay, she's not even. I feel like I've seen this before. Like I've seen this kind of exchange before somewhere in like movies. Like a different movie. I don't know. It just seemed really cliche. I was just like, eh. was this necessary? I, like, I didn't think this was necessary, but yeah, watching it the first time around because I watched it one and a half times. I was like, eh, was did- I don't know if I needed that. Like it, that was completely unnecessary to the plot or the functioning of this episode to have old girl hitting on her if she had reciprocated in any way or seemed like she was interested then maybe but there was nothing so whatever unnecessary gayness <laughs> i mean you're allowed to say that <laughs> as the resident gay on the podcast instead of them just being friends you're basically saying yes yes instead of okay. just being legitimate friends and at first when they were in the class it didn't even seem like they liked her it didn't seem like they was fucking with her so but then they start hitting on her and then Whatever they go out. Nah, she had the. She was giving. She gave her cat eyes. She was giving her that look. That look. I don't know what that look is, but I I know that it was. <laughs> okay, it was more than a friendly look, <laughs> for sure. So they go out, and she brings home a man, and they start engaging in coitus, as Sheldon would say. <laughs> and we immediately get things coming out of every orifice of her body, mm-hmm. furry tentacle coming out of her. And it was like, yo, is this chick like a praying mantis? What is she? Like, I was like, this is interesting. But it turns out... It's like she- hairy spider stuff. It's nasty. Yeah, it was like this weird. Yeah, it was very interesting. For it to come out of every orifice, it was her nose, her eyes, everything. That was very weird. We learned that <laughs> Gia is a, gimo- uh, a gimono? gimono or something like that. I had it actual pronunciation written down and earlier it's out of my mind now huh yeah you was definitely saying it yeah i was saying it properly earlier (laughs) but now i can't pronounce it again what it is though is there's this folklore in korea china and japan and it changes a little bit from from each country to country but it is the story that if foxes live um, i think it's over a thousand years they turn into this and they have these foxes have the ability to transform into different shapes, including those of women who are known to be beautiful and take advantage of or like steal hearts and or livers from men, depending on which region the story originates from. But it looked like nine. Basically, they look like nine tails. Did you guys ever watch that show, uh, Love, Sex, Robots? No, it's on the to watch list, though. Um, there was like an episode about that, basically. Oh, really? Mm Okay. What are Nine Tails powers? Uh, fire. Nine Tails is a fire Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. What'd you say, Dexter? 
I watched like two of those episodes of uh, what'd you call it? Robot Love. Yeah. <laughs> love Sex Robots. Yeah, that's it. Okay. We learned that's what she is, and her mother had summoned her. We don't. I don't know if they really even tell why the mother summoned this thing. Maybe her daughter had died, and this was a way to keep her alive in some form. But her end goal is she needs to consume a hundred souls in order to turn back human. Is what she needs to do. She meets Atticus. We, we get Atticus in the story, soldier, doing what he's told. They round up a bunch of the women, the nurses, because they said that there's communist communications were coming from the camp around this time. So it clearly belongs to this shift of. So one of y'all's a communist. Who is it? They start killing people. I, I wasn't expecting that. Like, someone, someone gets shot. Multiple people just get shot pretty quickly. That happened. And then the chick who was giving her the more than friend's eyes speaks up and says she's the communist. They take her away. Atticus got injured and then ends up in a hospital. And now Gia's taking care of him. This is where we see the start of the Gia-Atticus relationship. It's because even though, you know, she watched him engage or be complicit in the killing of her friends or her co-workers, she still got to treat him. It's still her job. <laughs> I thought it was funny when he asked her to read him. He asked her to read her the book in the book. And she just tells him the synopsis and gives it back. Like, she tells him what happens. And his face is like, I asked you to read it to me because I didn't have my glasses. I didn't ask you to just tell me what happened. So we get this kind of back and forth between them. They become friends. It's kind of cute. And clearly they like each other. Just kind of escalates pretty quickly. We then also learn that Atticus is a virgin. So she's like, she was, the first time they were going to have sex, she didn't want to because she's developed feelings for him. What she tells her mother, I'm not like I'm not I'm like this creature that's not supposed to have feelings or whatever according to you but I've actually developed feelings for this person and her mom's like I don't give a fuck about your feelings <laughs> go catch them bodies basically because I want my daughter back and you're you're wasting my time kind of thing but then her and Atticus end up having sex and she doesn't her tentacles or whatever don't come out yeah didn't she like I thought she pushed him away he, like, the first time she pushed him away but yeah. then the second time when they actually had sex she didn't like nothing happened to him so it was like does she have the ability to control this is it tied to the fact that she has real emotions or what that was never addressed of why she didn't change but she sees she likes him i'll tell you why Why? <laughs> it goes my crazy theory she was on top she was controlled he was a, a little virgin and he wasn't really doing that and she was doing everything the second time he was in control he was handling his business she let loose. She probably cut, and that's when the furry eyeball thing came out. Okay, that's not a unreasonable synopsis to make, I guess. <laughs> and when that happens, when that happens, now previously when it happened with her and the guy, she would see their past, and she mentioned that she's seen all these guys' past. But with Atticus, she was able to not only see his past but his future. Yeah, because she didn't kill him. Yeah, obviously he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. So she sees his future and she tells him, like, you're going to die. Of course, he freaks out because he has no knowledge of magic at this point. And like any normal man would do, he bolts. And she goes to, or her mother takes her to whoever, I guess it was, that summoned her. We didn't really get an explanation of who this woman in this very nice surroundings was. Beautifully shot. Like, it was really pretty aesthetics. Um, and she tells her... None of that shit matters. But she's trying to figure out whether or not Atticus's future is really going to come true or not. So he doesn't give her an answer, really. She don't really answer that question. That's pretty much how this episode went. Like, it was just a lot of that. Yeah, basically kind of filler in a way. (sighs) Filler and more discovery, which it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I don't know if we needed a whole hour. Did we need a whole hour to do this? No. And I feel like it also kind of added some confusion to it, to the entire show. Because it's like, why was Atticus tripping so much when he first, like... Like, when they first experienced those monsters, like, he was like, oh, no, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's like, this isn't the first time you've seen this, bro. Mm. I can see how you could... Eh, okay, maybe. Dexter I don't go. get it either. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I don't... I feel like... There's more coming. I feel like they just ended it because it was a good time to end it. However, I just don't know about this show. I can't really even give you a, a a take on how I feel about it because I don't really know exactly how this show, where it's going. Like, I, I kind of think that this is a step into the direction of us understanding more. But 
I'm not sure. Like, you know, because in reality, like, she's been around since the first episode. You know, they've been in contact since the first episode. And again, she told him not to go back. And that's why she told him not to go back because of what she saw. So it kind of makes sense as to um, the story that we've seen. However, I don't really know um, where it's going and how to how to really judge it. I mean, I, I thought the episode was OK. Apparently, you know, excuse me. I know you had to read it pretty much for about 40 minutes, 45 minutes of the show. So, so that was, was a um, talk, talking point that you had mentioned before. Yeah. You want to go into that? Yeah, I just was saying how it's interesting when they use authentic language with subtitles versus when they decide to make something with English with some sort of accent, you know, because I mean, because <laughs> we've seen plenty of movies where they are, you know, where they're in there, they have English accents, but they're not speaking the native tongue. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was just saying it's interesting how sometimes they choose to go with that. Like, you know, we've seen all types of timepieces, Troy, all these other things that, you know, they just have people that speak with a little English accent. But they got a little twang to their little English accent. And you're like, well, whatever, because we want to understand what we're watching. However, you know, most movies um, would be in their native tongue and we wouldn't be able to just have them talk in English like that's cool like you know if anybody's ever seen Apocalypto like that was the first movie I remember seeing where it was just all subtitles and it was like a modern movie you mm-hmm. know what I mean and you everything that you you didn't understand anything there was no English in the movie whatsoever however you get used to reading it and there's so much going on on the screen you don't care that you're just reading it at a certain point which I feel like you know they did a high job with this in that capacity like at first it was like all right i gotta pay attention to this really pay attention however after a while it's like good tv yeah honestly i think that made the episode better armani what do you think about that i feel like when they actually use the accents i mean not the accents but the native language it it shows a or it adds a level of authenticity to it yeah. um, instead of like that laziness of, OK, you know, Americans aren't going to want to watch this if it's subtitled. So we're just not even going to bother. Um, I just realized the first movie that I remember seeing in the movie theater that was fully subtitled was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I remember watching that and that subtitled. Yeah, like uh, movies like that, like, you know what I mean? But, you know, movies like that that have so much going on visually, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, dialogue that you understand, you know what I mean? As long as you can follow the story. Just recently, you know, we've seen that in Train to Busan. And what's the other movie? Uh, the one that got the Oscar. Uh, Parasite. Parasite, yeah. Yeah, all really great movies. Well, and you know what? Okay. But Parasite was legitimately a foreign film. Train to Busan is a foreign film. We're, true, you're, true, more true. So, you're more so talking American-made media that chooses to be subtitled. To be subtitled, and yeah, I think it does you're add. You're right. Yeah, to a, it, it makes it better. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon can very well have been done in English because that cast all spoke English. I mean, you got Chow Young Fat and Michelle Yeoh, so like that could have been done in English. But anyway, so um, yeah, I think that I think they did make it better. I am here for the previews for the next episode. Next episode is clearly a Hippolyta-heavy episode. Really what they've done at this point is we've got Atticus's backstory. We've got uh, Letty's backstory. We've got Letty's sister's backstory. We've got backstory. On his dad. On his dad for the most part or just some exposition on his dad. Not necessarily a whole lot of backstory. And next episode is going to be Hippolyta. Yeah, I feel like this is also going to touch a little bit on his uncle as well. Hopefully. Because that's going to put us seven episodes deep in a ten episode series. Are we going to assume that they're going to hit us with the story in an episode and a half, possibly? Like, is this going to be some old soap opera type thing where we're not going to get to back to the beginning or to the meat and potatoes until the end of episode nine and then all of episode ten? Yeah. Is that what we're thinking is probably going to happen? I feel like it. it's going to be another Watchmen. Yeah. Well, um, we might not get meat and potatoes at all. <laughs> I mean, if that happens, I'm going to be highly disappointed. But wow, that that'll be interesting if that was to happen. I but, mean, okay. essentially, think about it. Think about what they've actually given us so far. They've only given us. They've given us. I mean, I guess we count on the eggs before they hatch because one of my favorite seasons or shows 
the whole season is I'm talking about the Haunted Hill House. For the Haunted Hill House, every episode pretty much is about one of the kids or one of the characters on the show. And then it closes up the last three episodes or so, two episodes or so. You know what I mean? Reality in reality, all we're looking for is a conclusion that is satisfactory to what we've been watching. You know what I mean? We need it all to tie together. So essentially just give us a reason to watch again. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, what do we really need for it to be satisfactory for us to be okay to want to watch some more? And, you know, I guess I think that's probably the question, too. Having not read the book, although I downloaded it and intend I have it on Audible and I intended to listen to it before the show started. However, I didn't. So I don't know how much of the book we've gotten on this show and whether or not this book, because it's a single book, it's not a series itself to the possibility of a season two of a series is there a season two in here or is this just a season one thing like is this a one season thing i mean we 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 get so used to expecting season twos and expecting season threes but watchmen has taught us don't get comfortable you could only get one season of this so enjoy it and this is all it was meant to be and all it was ever gonna be so do we think that this could possibly be something that gets and maybe we're having this conversation way too early. Maybe this is a last episode conversation, but I guess just a thinking point for future. Is this something that we could see a season two of? And do we want more than one season of this? I feel like the show would have to pick up in the, like like we said, in the last two episodes to really be worth a second season. Because if it, I feel like if it ends, um, no, I think they have to leave us with some cliffhanger. Because I don't feel like the season's strong enough yet to really yet, but we're a little bit past halfway. Yeah. Dexter, what do you think? What's your thoughts on that? I think it's more, I don't really know yet. I'm not sure. Okay, that's fair. I'm not really sure yet. I think that it's going to work out. I think that this season, it's got to be good, y'all. Like, the ending's got to be good. (laughs) I just feel like the ending's got to, like, I feel like it has to be going somewhere. But the thing about it is, I understand why you guys feel the feel, because essentially what they've done is, every episode, they have taken you to a different place instead of where, instead of one place. We don't know where we're going. They've literally, it's literally a journey or a new story, just like you said earlier in, you know, the podcasts. It's like anthology based, but it's a tie-in. So it's like everything ties into the episode before it. However, it feels like its own thing. You know what I mean? And even this one, it's its own thing. And then it's like what we're going to get next, like the preview for the next episode looks like its own thing again. You know what I mean? So we're like getting these stories, these individual stories for everybody that's um, a character so what's going to happen is the question. I don't know. I mean, I think I think you guys should, you know, give it a little bit more. I don't want to tell you, what, but give it a little <laughs> bit more time in the sense of what they've just built up, built up for this one is they've built up something for the next episode. So you can see how because Tick left, obviously. So now we get to see where she's going to play because she's a whole monster and we might need her monster self. You know what I mean? We never seen what she does or you know, how it's done, but it has to be something that comes back full circle. She's not calling him for no reason. Because she fell in love with him and she's trying to save him. So what happens when you put her and Letty on screen together? Like, how I she mean, it you? is what it is. It's going to be what it is. I think at that point, they'll... The question is, where is the antagonist? That's the uh, problem. Where is the, the antagonist on the show? It's it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth is like they've kind of made it seem like Elizabeth might have. Some, at the end of the day, I believe it's Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth because she wants what she wants for probably the wrong reason. It's, it's going to be come out that it's going to be for the wrong reasons or whatever. But I, I believe what it's Elizabeth's want? power to be recognized, to be a white man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. She wants a, a place and she wants to feels fit like why does she want access to the garden of eden why does she want this power i thought it was for immortality is that what she wants she wants immortality but why would you want that i mean why not so and that's why i think elizabeth is is probably the antagonist at the end of the day i mean we've already learned that she had the ability to shapeshift into william and she let you know ruby 
You know, the way she got Ruby on her side was through deception. The way that she got Letty that house was through deception. She knew she wanted something that was in that house. So she's been the most deceptive person on the show thus far. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her that, that title of antagonist. You got that. All right. Dad is pretty deceptive. Ain't he dead? He's dead now. Not his dad. Oh, but you mean, oh, oh, no, you mean Atticus is dead. I mean, not her yeah. dad. Yeah, his dad. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's gonna be interesting. Moving on, The Boys, episode five. This was an interesting episode. Uh, I hate Queen Queen Maeve. I hate her hair. It's a terrible wig. I don't understand why they put that wig on that woman. And I just hate her hair from episode to episode. I've hated it for all of season one. It's terrible. And I don't know if that, I feel like it's gotta be intentional that they've given her this terrible hair. Because Amazon has money. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it just... It bothers me. But we open up the episode pretty much. Tell them why you mad real quick. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> that was it. Yo, no, I'm going to sound off one or two. I hate when she's on the screen. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm so a- right, right <laughs> off rip, like when she's on the screen, it's usually nothing happening on the screen. Like, Every time that she's on the screen, it's this sad thing. I don't even know what she does. What's her power? She has, why has she got to be so sad? Everybody else, I guess she's the sad person on. I don't like, and I, okay. It serves a driving purpose as to why she's traumatized. She's been freaking emotionally abused by Homelander forever at this point. Like we're getting that this has been going on for a long time. So she's been subject to serious emotional abuse at the hands of homelander and she doesn't like she there's nothing she feels like there's nothing she can do about it she's been living this life so we're seeing this superhero who is in an abusive relationship essentially is what we're getting so she is sad and miserable i get yeah yeah but this episode opens up with homelander forcing her to to come out well last episode he forced her to come out as gay and she's shooting the, they're shooting this commercial or this i guess yeah infomercial commercial whatever they're shooting for whatever reason why and he's making her come out on the thing and say she's gay and then they bring in her lover and she makes a good point she was like you do realize because i'm gonna go ahead we're gonna jump around this episode a little bit because there's just we're just gonna do that the part where they tried, they told Maeve and old girl that they were going to basically style them and put them into these gender conforming roles. And she brings the point. She's like, you know, she's bisexual, right? And they're like, eh, it's easier for us to sell, you know, just lesbians with these gender specific roles. And that's been a hot button topic this past like week I've seen on social media with it's, it's been a conversation about by erasure has been a thing i know this was not intentional on amazon's part to obviously put this episode out this just just happened to happen and they just happened to have this in there they're kind of addressing by erasure at a time when there's this conversation is actually being had in the world so it's just what's that word again it's by erasure yes um people bisexual erasure has been has been a conversation because of andrew gillum coming out as and saying he's bisexual and people saying that bisexuality is not a thing and that he's just gay. We're not going to deep dive into that. I don't agree with that. Armani, I'm assuming you would not agree with that either. No, I don't agree. <laughs> okay, I didn't think I really need to ask that question. Yeah, bi erasure is a thing and it's kind of trash. Um, but that's what's going on in this episode as well. We What else happened? We get Homelander, Homelander being an asshole. <laughs> Homelander had a conver- has a conversation with Stormfront. Stormfront basically tells him. Wait, is that last episode? No, him and Stormfront did have a conversation this episode. She was kind of just kind of playing and kind of egging everybody on, like kind of poking at everyone this episode. She did. Have, there was some confrontation with her and A-Train. And A-Train is like, yo, what? Who the fuck are you, basically? Like, where did you come from? You can tell me what to do. Because she was like, yeah, just, you know, let it go or whatever. I actually don't even totally remember that conversation between the two of them. But A-Train is forced out of the seven. And they're like, you need to give your good, goodbye speech. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And basically, the main chick in charge of their marketing or their main PR lady was like, look, either you can give this speech or the guy, actually the director, he's like, you can give this speech or we can tell everybody how you were abusing that drug you pick. 
And then we'll just fire you for morality for your violating the morality clause. So he's kind of back in the corner and he's like, all right, fuck it. Like, you know, he's got to go at this point. Basically the, fired or retire. Yeah, exactly. Did him a little dirty. So, uh, and then he had to do like, that was part of the movie. Like that was the thing. He wasn't trying to shoot the, uh, that part of the movie because they wanted him to do it for the scene. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I need mm-hmm. you to rewrite this. And it was like, listen, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> you, you, you either get it done or you done. Either way, you done. Bow out gracefully. Uh, we see the deep get married and he's now the face of that weird church, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that was interesting. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I don't know if that was out of, of nowhere or what, but let's just get to the good shit on this episode <laughs> at the end of the day. Actually, the episode started with Homelander getting called out because he accidentally killed somebody on one of his missions. <laughs> and when he made the comment, he was like, oh, so they're starving, but one of them happens to have a cell phone? I laughed so fucking hard. I like he's such an asshole. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. I don't know about that being an accident. Were you sure it was an accident? I mean, yeah, because he shot the one guy, and the person he accidentally killed happened to be on the other side of the sheet, so he didn't see him. It was an accident. It was genuinely an accident. Um, and they were trying to tell him, you know, lay low, let us handle it. We don't want you to say nothing. But of course, he doesn't do that. He shows up at a rally that's anti Homelander. And he's like, look, look, calm down. It's not that. We basically see him falling the fuck apart. Like, he's having a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't. He's losing control, and he's not used to not being in control. It's very clear. Stormfront comes to his aid, and she's like, hey, you know, I got a friend who can, you know, help you get out from under some of this. And she does it, and it helps a little bit. And then he goes to her, and he's just like, you know, why did you do this? Or what do you want? Or whatever. And this is where we get the Stormfront Homelander makeout scene. Makeout? <laughs> I mean, they uh, they did a lot more than makeout. They destroyed shit. It was interesting. They got it the fuck in. I don't, know what, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't understand what you mean. Like, they, yo, they made us wish we could fly and shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I never see me. Like, you know what I mean? You know how we've, we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of television. I mean, whether, you know, within the bad things and the good things that we've seen, we've seen all types of things. Like, how many times, man, I ain't never seen that done ever. But it's mm-hmm. like, there's never, they've never had superheroes Having this, ra- this racy. Yeah. Like, that's why the boys, what the boys is, you know what I'm saying? Because they are off the chain, all of them. Like, all they really got to do to keep this show going is just keep replacing the people. Like, they need to replace Black Noir with somebody else who's got a problem. And, they need, like, they could just replace the people who ain't doing nothing for people that got problems. We good. Like, because seeing these people fall apart is very interesting stuff. But anyway, seeing them two in the, in the air, you know what I mean? But the question is, can she die for him? Because that laser my tits shit. Mm-hmm. Laser my tits more. He's like, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> nah, <laughs> you know you want to do it. And then, like, she's sitting here with it. It go. It's just a testament of what type of pain she can take and why she's probably still around. And, you know, like, what's her secret? Does she have a weakness? Do any of them really have a weakness is the question. I mean, we don't know if any of them, what any of their real weaknesses happen to be or what they are going to be. Clearly, we know supers can die because... They have died. And you mentioned Black Noir. He's chasing around... Billy the Butcher. Billy the Butcher. Yes. And they blow up his grandma's house. His grandma's a drug dealer. Is his grandmother or his aunt? His aunt, right? I think. She turns out to be a drug dealer. They blow up her house. He, at the end of the day, was said that he was willing to expose the fact that Homelander had a kid as a product of rape if any harm came to him or his friends. I'm pretty sure that his ex is not going to like the fact that he was willing to throw her child under the bus like that. And and of course, you know, Mother's Milk's looking at him like, oh, this is what's really going on. And he has a little dude that's there with him. He's also looking at him like, this explains some things. This is interesting. Does she even like him? Who? Is that like, you know what I mean? Usually it's a love story, but I, I, does she even like him still? Like. Yeah, no, they, I mean, she was ready to run away with them up until she kind of realized he wasn't really going to accept her son because of the fact that he was a super and that he hates super so much. So that's when she, you know, was like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You started talking down to the kid. Yeah. So then that was just like, all right, that's not happening. Yeah. Any Anything else? Any other takeaways for the boys season five or episode five? 
We still don't know what Stormfront's endgame is. I'm pretty sure that's going to be some crazy shit when it all pop when it comes out. So that's what oh, that's what this season's buildup is to is going to be. It's like, what is Stormfront really up to? And how much havoc is it going to cause? Man, she looks like she wants to be. She wants to overthrow. She wants to be Homeland. Yeah, that's what does. That is true. Um, Next up on the docket, Power, Episode 3. Power book. Go. Um, we get to see Tasha attend a mock trial, which I thought was interesting. The pacing of that threw, threw me off a little bit because I was like, really, we're only going to have her sit through the defensive side. We're not going to push her, but they do end up pushing her because they bring out Tamika, who I didn't particularly care for on, on Power, but I like her here. Same. It's the Tyreek effect. Yeah. Yeah. That, when she was cross-examining Tasha, it was like, oh, there's all kinds of holes in this story that just don't seem... And granted, Tasha was telling the truth and everything she was saying was honest, but it's just like, it sounds real suspect that you didn't know more than what you're saying you knew. And yeah, you try to come off as this weak mom, but you're not. Yeah, it's crazy because it's sad that in a particular situation like this, you have someone who is not really guilty, but because of the holes in your story, you can't prove that you're not guilty. That's trash. Like, she didn't really do what they're accusing her of. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, first of all, I didn't kill Ghost. And I'm not no damn kill Kingpin. I'm not no damn Kingpin. Like, Queenpin, whatever. I'm not, I haven't, I'm not that. I was really trying to clean up my life. You know what I mean? From what this nigga was doing all the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and yeah, I might have moved a little, a little shady or whatever, trying to fix my life. But in reality, I didn't really do any of the things y'all are trying to accuse me of. And, I really did kill this guy. Like, I really, my son kills him because he wasn't feeling him. Like, and now I'm sitting here having to prove to y'all things that I really didn't do. But because of the fact that I knew some things about this or I knew a couple of things about that, y'all can't even believe me. Like, that's crazy how credibility has nothing to do with the actual crime. Yeah, I mean, Tosh is not innocent. Like, like, wasn't she selling drugs out of that daycare? She was selling out of the daycare. She did kill her friend because she thought she was going to, you know, rat or whatever. But that's what I mean. She's not on trial for none of this stuff. She's not on trial for the crazy stuff. Like, she's on trial for the things that she didn't, like, things that she didn't do. And and the way that it's unfolding is, like, you know, that whole mock trial was a show that you look guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, you look guilty. And, like, us as the viewer... We know that she's not guilty at all for what they're saying that she's not guilty. I mean, that she's guilty for, rather. Very true. We see Tariq uh, challenge his professor again, and he has to kind of take the L because he challenges professor, makes some valid points, and then he has old girl in his ear tell him, look, you just need to say what they want to hear so you can pass. And when he does that, he then gets a, you know, fails on this paper, and then we find out that the guy teaching the course is not the person grading the papers, which almost is a really great concept with a course like this or in most courses. Like it takes the it, it allows for more objectivity in a course that like this, like you have one person teaching it. And if you don't like the way I'm teaching or like the way I say things or my opinions on things and you do this paper, you have somebody who's not biased necessarily to your opinion, who's actually going to grade this. So I do like the fact that they're handling this course like this. I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And then he goes to the black dude who actually failed them. And I mean, he gave him valid reasons. He's like, you know, you didn't, you weren't authentic. You put on a show. Just You said what you thought needed to be said in order to pass. And that's why you're failing. Because you need to be true to yourself. So Tariq gets a lesson here. We see, oh, did y'all have anything about? I wasn't necessarily a fan of that. Because, I mean, you're in college. So, really, it, your professor is going to give you your grade. Because to pass a class, you kind of have to just do what your teacher, like, you have to work towards your teacher. Yeah, you definitely have to play to your teacher. I feel you. I was I was sitting here thinking, do I want to say something as well? Because I was like, yeah, it's cool, you know, and there is benefit to what you said, Nick, when you said that it's two people to go through and you get different filter, basically. But sometimes you get a double filter or sometimes you get you got someone who doesn't help you at all. He literally 
is talking to this guy. This guy is telling him what needs to be done. And you're like, all right, well, this is how I pass. You got this other guy telling me to be true to myself. Being true to myself is not what gets me a good grade all the time. And maybe maybe that's the problem, I guess. Who is that the time to take a stand with your money? <laughs> Which is a big question. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that the time to take a stand? I get, you know, I get if you're compromising yourself, your integrity and things of that nature. But that's not really what he was doing, was it? Well, this isn't just a regular college course either. This is an advanced accelerated course that's going to have you graduating. So this is not necessarily just your regular English comp 101. Where you read a book, you write what you think, you regurgitate the same bullshit someone said. This is an advanced thoughts provoking course so as long as you can it's not even really right or wrong answers it's a matter of can you formulate opinion and can you verbalize it and back it up with can you speak to what you think and can you speak to how you feel that's more so what it is so if that's what you're being graded on or that's what this course is pushing these students to do then yes you need to have your opinion and stand firm on it not just right to what your teacher wants to like it's not that course i get what you're saying there are those courses and that's what most college course basic college courses are but he's not in a basic college course and it's really to get to show that Tariq is smarter and his first course of action is to try to manipulate the system as to stand as opposed to standing for like making a decision he wants to always game the system is like his first instinct now we're learning that shit might work on the street but it's not gonna work in his classroom so it's really a juxtaposition for the double life that he's leading. Like, what life are you really trying to be in? I think that's, that's the hardest the- thing. That's the worst part about it because you're telling me to be myself. I don't want myself. I gave you my opinion. When I gave the professor my opinion, he didn't like my opinion. He literally has a problem with my stance. You know what I'm saying? He has a problem with me being condescending. He doesn't have a problem with me and how I feel. He has a problem with me being condescending. I don't know. It sounds like he just wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. And I feel like the black guy was like, well, say what you need, say what you need to say, forget what they think, put out your, you know, put out whatever thought that you have. And that's, that has benefits to it. Again, it's not, it's like saying, do what you want to do for a customer, doing what you want to do in your heart. I guess you got to live with it. But on the same note, it's for, it's for a consumer. And it's like, you're every, all the work you're doing is for your professor. The only person you got to pr- please is your professor. No. Under normal circumstances, yeah. But I think this is just this is I think this is just supposed to this course is supposed to push them beyond just that. I think the whole thing, period again, is just a catalyst for this season of he's having to survive in two worlds and he's going to have to make a choice sooner than Ghost had to make a choice of which world do you want to be in? Granted, you're living in the street world to help your mom. But there is something else out there, which is what your dad was trying to do, which he didn't realize until it was too late. And he fumbled how he wanted to go about that because he started off being a drug dealer and, you know, this kingpin. And it was trying to get clean and do the right thing. But you did it too late. And you have too many people that you brought into this fast money world that they're like, nah, we don't want to do it the other way now. Like, we like the way we've been doing it. So I think Tariq is going to get faced with that by the end of this season. He's going to have to make some choices for sure. Uh, Diana, them. Yeah, that's true. We see Diana is pressured by her mom to help out the family. She wants to go to school and live a normal life. And her mom is like, nope, you need to be prepared to step up and take charge because your brothers are useless and stupid, essentially. Whereas her dad wants the one brother to step up, who is probably the smarter, more rational two out of the brothers. And the hot-headed one thinks that he should be in charge or he should be the one that's entrusted to do things. And we all know how these kind of stories end. Like, it's not going to end well for these boys because they're going to end up at odds. They're, are, they're already building them up to be at odds, period. The more interesting thing here is Diana, her mom, Mary J, wanting her daughter to be the one to take the lead on this. And she's like, I don't want to do this. I just want to, you know, be normal. Like, I want to go to school. She makes it very clear she wants her to stay the heck away from Tariq because don't know good come from being around him. Tariq gets his roommate, a.k.a. her nephew, to set up another meet. And he asks her to be his supplier. And she tells him, and then she agrees to it, but she tells him, you can't live here. You need to go live somewhere else. So he says, okay, cool. He can go live with that white boy. Now, when they called Tasha to threaten Tasha, I was like, do inmate, who has these inmate burner phone phone numbers? Yeah, me too. 
continuity. <laughs> I was like, bruh, bruh, wait, wait. So his connections are that deep? Yeah. He got the burner incoming phone number? What? Yeah, I was like, that's on a whole nother level of what the fuck. But okay, so he calls Tasha and Thranger and tells them Tariq's going to you know, work for us. He's do what we want him to do or we'll kill him. I would have believed it more if a CO would have came in there and handed her a phone than for him to be calling the burner phone that nobody knows the number. I guess he got the phone number from Tariq. I got it. I get it. No, no. He went around Tariq. Tariq don't even know that phone call happened. I know. It's a... Don't nobody got that number, though. I didn't even <laughs> give you my number. So, I was thinking that same thing, though, and I don't understand how... I don't understand how writers... Do you think writers think about it and then just be like, so what? Ain't nobody gonna think about it. Evidently. Clearly, they put... They, they let that shit ride and was just like, oh, well, you know what? They're gonna just assume that he's that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is it. Interesting. Exactly. That wraps... That's, I mean, that's, that's the big parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. Not a lot to, to deep dive into or deep dive into anymore with this episode, really. Okay. So that's it for Power. And Antebellum came out this week. New movie that is available to download and stream and watch. You can... It's one of those... Should have been in a movie theater. Movie theaters are closed. So buy it on Amazon and watch it at home. Stars Janelle Monet and Gabby Sidibe is in it. It's written... And directed by Gabriel Bush and Christopher Rents. And it essentially the synopsis is a woman from modern times is trapped in the past on a plantation and has to figure out how to escape and get back. Um, we have watched the movie. We're not going to go into it here. We'll go into it at a later time. But I would recommend watching it. It is not, um, what do they call it? A black pain movie? Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's it's not that. I've, I've seen a lot of people give it shit because they said it's just another slave movie and do we really need to watch this again uh, I, I feel there's like it wasn't that it. yeah there's a lot more to it than that it is a good story it's a good psychological thriller it's not what you think it is on the surface so i would say watch it armani would you say watch it yeah most definitely dexter would you say to watch they it didn't sh- they didn't show anything about them in the trailer so I, it's it's one of those movies where when they don't tell you a lot you know, you can, when you finally find out what it is, you can, you know, be led to disappointment. However, I thought it was really good, and I understand exactly why they didn't uh, advertise much of the movie. I thought I liked it. Yeah, because any advertising for this movie or anything, any any trailers that were too long would have gave away the, would have blown up the entire plot of this movie. And I, I don't remember what movie I saw, but when I went to, I remember being in the movie theater and seeing the trailer for this movie and going oh it looks good it looks quality you know what i mean it tells you who it is the music was that wasn't telling you anything about them and sometimes you know that's a good look and sometimes that's the worst thing when they don't tell you anything about the movie because sometimes they don't have anything to tell you but other times they don't tell you the movie because they don't want to spoil it for you and i think that's what they were going for this time yeah because there are trailers sometimes give away the entire film and it's like, all right, I saw it all, all in the trailer. So worth watching. Watch it and judge for yourself. Don't go based on anyone's, like, writings. Or I've seen articles that were just, like, not that great. And I think it's better than what people are saying it is. Um, anyway, so. All right, we're going to wrap this up with sleepers. This week's sleepers, Armani, what's your sleeper this week? Uh, my sleeper is Daybreak on Netflix. It is a show about a zombie apocalypse where basically anyone over 20, I believe, turned into a zombie. So you basically have, like, all these teenagers trying to navigate the zombie apocalypse. It's lighthearted. It's a comedy. It's lighthearted. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. But there, there is a bit of gore, but that's my sleeper for this week. You said it's Daybreak on Netflix? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Dex, what's your sleeper? My sleeper is Old Boy. Mm-hmm. Has, anybody, has anybody ever seen Old Boy? I have. The Did original like or the remake? The, re- the remake. I think Spike Lee had something to do with that book. Um, we saw the but, original one. But Josh Brolin is, Elizabeth Olsen is in it. Samuel Jackson is in it. What's the guy's name? Rami Malek? I don't know if that's how you say his name, but <laughs> Nick, it's a lot of eyes in this movie. Okay. The the guy who played, the guy from The Sopranos, the one um, that was in Oz is in it, the, the chief from The Wire. Anyway, you'll see it, you know, we'll, we'll check it out or whatever, because I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it being a pretty good movie. Um, it's directed by Spike Lee. It's not a Spike Lee joint, 
but it's actually a thriller directed by Spike Lee. And like she said, it's a remake. I didn't even really know it was a remake, so I need to watch the old one. Did you watch the old one or the new one? Yeah, I watched the old one. The uh, Korean version, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's a remake of a Korean uh, movie. So where could one find Old Boy right now if they wanted to watch it? On Prime. So my sleeper this week is going to a television series that you can find on HBO. It is called The Great Pottery Throwdown. <laughs> it is a BBC show. There are three seasons on HBO. I binge watch. There's only eight episodes, six episodes. It's not a lot. It's not a long seasons. I think it's only like six to eight episodes a season. So they're pretty quick watches. They are hour long episodes. It's amazing because it takes these home potters, like these people who do home ceramics. And it's like the master chef of pottery. But it goes beyond pottery because truthfully, I didn't realize how much stuff is made out of clay. Like plates, you you know, so like you think ceramics, so you think, you know, flower pots and vases and or vases, however you want to pronounce it, don't care. Um, those are ceramics, but mm-hmm. your dinner plates, they appear to like they break. Those are made out of clay. That's a type of clay. To- porcelain. So your toilet starts off, as, starts its life off as clay. <laughs> um, bone china starts its life off as clay. Like there's so many of these things that we have in the world other than normal hand-blown glass that starts its life off as clay. And depending on, there's different types of clay. There's clay that hardens to the point where it looks almost like, well, brick, it starts off as clay. Essentially, um, cement is, you know, in that mix too. But so there's these different types of clay that they have to work with to make different things. And each episode, they're given these different challenges. And of course, someone gets voted off based on how crappy their work, not even how crappy their work is, because all of it's really good, but it, really comes down to attention to detail and did you do the task that you're asked to do because these people are asked to make a plate set like make a full 16 piece dinner set and it takes seven days to do that like it took it takes them four hours to actually make the sets out of clay then it has to dry for so long then it has to go into a fire and get like fired and then they have to bring it back and decorate it and that's when it gets dipped into what makes it look like glass or like what what finishes it and makes it look like, you know, the white finish or whatever color decorated, they decorate it. So they decorate Um, So they decorate it, they have to glaze it and then it goes back into the fire and it comes out and there's so many uncontrollables because you think it's just based on, can you do like pottery well? Like how good are you at the pottery wheel with the clay? But you can make a fucking masterpiece at this wheel and then it goes into the kiln to get dried and fire and there's so many things that are outside of your control if there's too much moisture because the clay is too thick the weather depending on what type of like there's this one episode where they had to use an outside kiln and the weather in england is really rainy and questionable so it rained that day and then it caused gas to get trapped inside the kiln which caused people's pieces to bubble because of the gas and the combustion it's just shit you just can't, you, you just don't know. No matter how good you are, you don't know what's going to come out of there. Yeah, it's it's really entertaining. <laughs> it's nice to see people doing things that they enjoy. And it's like a challenge. So it's like MasterChef-esque, um, where you get these home cooks who enjoy cooking and love what they're doing. MasterChef kids, or MasterChef Junior is better to me than MasterChef. But anyway, um, but very much like how that is, is how this show is. And again, it's on HBO. If you choose to watch it, be prepared that there is a host and a judge change on season three. Because I started season three and I was just like, hey. And then I was like, wait a minute. This isn't the lady I've come to like over the last two seasons of this show. Yeah, it was. It was and it's kind of. They wouldn't pay her. <laughs> she's so funny. Like, I want to, like, look into what <laughs> she's done. Because she's she brings a great comedy to the to the to the show um and one of the judges is a professional uh like potter they're well both judges are professionals at what they do but he cries when someone does a really good job <laughs> and it's it's so moving because he will pick up someone's work and just be like oh my god this is really good and he was busting in tears and i'm like yo this guy is like my pottery like spirit animal <laughs> just cries the job of a dime um, yeah it's it's great. It's an amazing show. Again, it's called The Great Pottery Throwdown. You can find it on HBO. And that's my sleeper for this week. Um, anything else anyone's planning on watching, looking forward to next week? We've got Fargo. 
The new season of Fargo starts next Monday, so that'll get added to the rotation weekly. How you like Fargo? Fargo's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a sleeper that was followed up on. So binged, we've binged watched two seasons, and there's, what, 10 episodes a season? It's 20 hours of television. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up season three before Monday. It's a really good show. So that's a sleeper that you should definitely watch. It's still doable by the time this gets out. However, and we discussed this, I would recommend watch Fargo the movie because I had not seen the movie and I tried to watch the TV show when you told me to watch it a while ago. And I was like, eh, I don't really like it. So I stopped. But watching the movie the other day, it's like, okay, this was good as a, watch consuming as an adult. Because this came out, we were young, and it was just like, what the fuck is this? Watching it now, you're like, okay, this is good. This is intriguing. It's a dark comedy. And then knowing that this TV show exists in the world that is loosely pulled from this movie, you're like, okay, how did they take this? And get three seasons worth of content out of it. So then you're intrigued. And then you go back and watch the series. And it's so much better. So if you've never seen Fargo the movie. You should watch that before you watch the show. Because it will make it such a better experience. In my opinion. I agree. So anything else? It's not a true story though. Like they keep. (laughs) They're killing me. They're killing me. They make sure they let you know. Like every episode. True events. Names have been changed. And it's like. It's all a lie. Yeah, the events have happened in life, but not, <laughs> within, not within this story is what they basically yeah. are not saying. Not necessarily like. in North Dakota <laughs> <laughs> or Minnesota or South Dakota where all this stuff takes place or Fargo. Yeah, so but it's, it's definitely compelling, well, well written out um, television. Like every episode, at the end of every episode, you're fulfilled. And you Literally. look at the next episode. Like there's no... There's no, ah, fuck. Like, you want to move on, but the same episode, same, there's a period. Every episode actually ends with a period, but you want to keep going. It's like a really good book. Good book. Very well written. All right, well, I guess that's a podcast. That's a podcast. All right, so until next time, take care of yourselves and be good to each other.